great honor and privilege to be here tonight on this cold and snowy and wet and dreary February day, but how many knows even uh, the worst day on earth, God's still good. Amen, amen. No matter what we may go through in this life, he's, he's still sovereign. He's, he's still holy, amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the vision, when he was, he, was, he was given that vision from the Lord, he said, I saw angels circling the throne of God singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as I was standing there thinking, I was thinking about that and running that through my mind. If angels, beings who were created to worship God, who have never faced anything in their life, never had to be, never had to be saved, never having to have been redeemed, never having had been delivered, they can worship God and acknowledge that He is holy. How is it that sometimes we as Christians, as human beings who have seen the hand of God move in our life and save us and deliver us and set us free and, and break chains of bondage and heal us and do all these great and mighty wonderful miracles for us, how can we not also acknowledge that He is holy? Amen, amen. <clears throat> I'm so thankful to be here tonight, so thankful for another opportunity to be here. I love everyone here. You're all, you're all family. You're all like family to me. Some of you are family now that I'm married to Kyla. <laughs> but no, no, I, I love and appreciate each and every one of you. I love and appreciate my wonderful wife that's travels all over with me everywhere that we go, wherever I'm preaching, and for my parents and my sister that traveled all the way out here to hear me, can you give all them another hand here tonight? Thank you. Amen. Turn with me in the book of Judges. <coughs> Excuse me. In the book of Judges, chapter 20 and verse 18. And when you have it, if you wouldn't mind, uh, stand for the reading of the word. Just one scripture tonight. But verse number 18, it says, And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go, shall go up first to, battle, to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Send, said, Judah shall go up first. Tonight, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach this message tonight that the Lord laid on my heart, and that is, Send Judah first. Pray with me if you would. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be here in your house tonight. We thank you for how you've already been moving and everything that you've done for us in our lives, Lord God. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise, Father, for everything you've done and everything that you're going to do in this service here tonight. We worship you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So here in Judges chapter 20, we find that the tribe of Benjamin and Israel has, is becoming more absurd, uh, concerned with their own solidarity and their own agenda, agenda rather than sticking with the agenda of Israel as a whole. They're, they're wanting to go off and they're wanting to do their own thing. They're not wanting to follow after Israel. But Benjamin says, I know best and I'm going to go do what I want to do. So they have pulled away from the rest of the tribes of Israel 
And now the Benjamites have all gathered together, all of their soldiers, and they're getting ready to descend and attack Israel. They said, we're just going to take out the rest of the tribes, or we're going to take out everyone that we can, and then we're going to be in charge, and we're going to rule. So all of their soldiers are together, and it's a number of 26,000 men, 26,000 Benjamite soldiers. And 700 of them being chosen men would be the equivalent of what would be our special forces today. 700 of those 26,000 were what they said were the, the baddest of the bad if, you know, if for terminology. So the rest of Israel, they all get all of their armies together and all of their soldiers combined to equal a number of 400,000 soldiers. The Bible is specific to say that these 400,000 soldiers were all men of war. Because at that time, many of the armies consisted of men who were farmers, that their profession was a farmer or a blacksmith or a potter or whatever, and then they were just a soldier on the side. But the Bible is specific when it says that these 400,000 men were all men of war. They knew nothing else but battle. They knew nothing else but how to be a soldier. And there was 400,000 of them against 26,000. So why in the world would God say that Judah is going to go first? Why would Judah go first? Couldn't they all just gather together and charge over the hillside? It's 400,000 against 26,000. And what I did was I did the math, and the ratio of that, it, it, it blew my mind because there, it works out to be 1,538 Israelite soldiers to one Benjamite soldier. 1,538 to one. Why in the world would there need to be a battle plan? Why in the world would God say there needs to be a specific battle strategy? It's because if we allow ourselves to underestimate our enemy, we will get ahead of God in the battle and be fighting our own way and not the way God has instructed us and intended us to fight our enemy. And when we underestimate our enemy is when we get too arrogant and when the enemy overcomes us. Because the thing is, is God, when he instructs us to do something his way, there is no other way. When he says, I want it done this way, it's not, okay, I'll do it this way for so long and then do it that way. No, when God says, you do it this way, you do it exactly how he instructs it to. <clears throat> because if we think that we can handle this one on our own, when the battle begins, we're going to find out very quickly that, the, that we cannot fight the enemy of our soul by ourselves. But why Judah? Why Judah first? Of all of the tribes left to choose from, why Judah? Well, we all know, we all, in this house, we, I'm sure all of us know that Judah means praise. And what praise, what, what God does here is he gives us this, this specific battle plan for us that he wants us to follow when we're fighting our own battles in the spiritual realm. When we are fighting in the spiritual realm, God says, I don't want you to fight carnally. I don't want you to fight physically. I don't want you to fight any other way. But you always send Judah first. <clears throat> because the definition of praise is expressing approval and admiration to. 
in your praise and in your worship, you not only show God your love for him and honoring him and glorifying him, but in that praise, you are acknowledging that he is who he says he is, that he is God and you are not, and that he is in control and you are not, and that he is the one who is really fighting the battle for you, and he is the one who will prevail and who will bring you out on the other side victorious and conquering the enemy that you are fighting as long as you acknowledge him and fight how he instructed you to fight. And you send up your praises unto God first. You don't fight carnally. You don't fight physically. But you say, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. I know you brought me through the battle before. You'll do it again. I know you healed me once. You'll heal me again. You've conquered once. And you'll do it again, God. And another thing, because another thing that your praise does is it not only acknowledges and acknowledges God for who He is and gives Him glory and, and honor and praise, but what it does is it ushers in the presence of God. What does it say that David did when he sent for the ark? It says that he tried to do it his own way. He said, I'm going to make it big and as extravagant as I can. But that's not how God instructed him to usher in the ark and to usher in the presence. So when he turns around and decides to do it God's way, every, every several steps was a sacrifice and was worship. And when David saw the ark coming in from afar off... He danced before the Lord with all of his might. And he said, I'm going to dance and I'm going to praise and I'm going to worship to usher in the presence of Almighty God. And why God says for us to praise him in the middle of the battle and to praise him before the battle and to praise him while we're fighting and how we're fighting is because he says, when you praise me, I inhabit the praises of my people. And when I hear your praise, I can't help but show up. And when he shows up, he can't help but change the outcome and to change the entire atmosphere of your world. (coughs) It ushers in the presence of God. Another another area in the Bible it talks about the presence of God being ushered in with praise. We read about Daniel in the lion's den. He would not pray. To, he would not stop praying, and he would not stop worshiping God. And they threw him into the lion's den. And I guarantee you that Daniel still worshipped, and he still prayed right in the middle of that den full of lions. And it said that the Lord shut the mouths of the lions and they opened it up the next morning and they said Daniel where you at are you still there Daniel and he said yes I'm still here because God showed up right in the middle of my lion's den and he delivered me and then the three Hebrew boys said our worship will go to none other but God Almighty will not worship anybody else and they worshipped and Jesus showed up as the fourth man in the fire 
and brought them out on the other side and they couldn't even smell smoke on them because God says, I'll show up when you worship. No matter what battle you may be fighting, no matter, no matter how hot the fire may seem to be getting, no matter how badly you feel like you don't want to praise and worship, no matter how badly you feel like you may be losing this fight, please, I beg you and, and adjure you tonight, never ever lose your worship. Never ever lose your praise. Don't ever lose your shout. And don't ever lose your dance for the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. I know there's times where you feel like you don't want to praise, but what I tell you tonight is just think about how good he's been to you. Think about how he saved you. Think about how he filled you with his Holy Spirit. Think about all the other times that he's delivered you and say, God, I know it's hot right now in this fire. I know it seems bad, but you're a good, good God still. You brought me out before and I know it's no different this time. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. In Isaiah 59 and 19, it says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood. And the thing is, is it doesn't say if. It never says if he does do this. If the enemy does attack you. If the enemy does show up in your face and, 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 and start bringing the fight to you. It doesn't say if, it says when how many knows and can testify that life sometimes is very hard life is not an easy thing i'll tell you i was talking to a man yesterday in the barber shop he, he came in, and I'm not, I'm not saying any of this boasting here tonight. I promise you I'm not, and I, I hope you all know that. But I was sitting in the barber shop yesterday morning, and a man came in, and he came in off the street, and we, we just kind of started talking, and we're, we're conversating back and forth, and he began to tell me how he had just spent 30 days in the county jail, and, and he had just gotten out, and he's homeless. He didn't have anywhere to go, and I started talking to him about the Lord and was able to pray with him, and he rededicated his life back to Christ and, and we're talking back and forth and he said man it sounds like God has just been so good to you and I said man I, I just tell you I said life has been I said life is a crazy thing life is hard I said but the end I, 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 I you know sometimes I try and sound smarter than I am I try and come up with some big theological word or explanation for all kinds of other things. But in that moment, I just said, life is a crazy thing. You have ups. You have downs. You have mountaintops. You have valleys. I said, but no matter what, at the end of the day, I said, I can still sit here next to you and say, God's still been good through it all. 
Because he never said you would never go through some rough times. But what he did promise you is that he'd never leave you. And he would never forsake you. He said, I, I, you, you, may, you may pass through the fire. You may go through the floodwaters. But you're not going to go through it alone. I'm going to walk right through it with you, buddy. I'm going to stand right next to you through the fire, baby. And you ain't never going to see the other side without me. You ain't never going to see a fire that's going to take you out. You ain't going to see a flood water go over top of your head because I'm going to keep you. But Isaiah 59 and 19 <coughs> says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Hebrew word for standard is, is nes or, or neck. It's N-E-C. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. I'm not fluent in Hebrew. I don't know many people that are. <laughs> but, the, but the meaning of nes is something lifted up. A signal pole. A banner. Or a sign. And what Israel would do is that before every battle they would walk into, before every battle that they would go, go, go to fight, they would come walking in and they would hold up this banner. And what that banner said on it was on both sides, front and back, it listed all of the things that God had already done for them in the times past. It was on the front of that banner so that the enemy could see it. Saying, you think you're going to overtake us? Look at what God has already done for us. Look at how God has parted the Red Sea after he already brought us out of Egypt and he parted the Red Sea so that we could walk across it on dry ground into our deliverance. Look at how we walked around the walls of Jericho one day, one, once a day for six days, seven, de seven, seven times on the seventh day and then we shouted and praised and watched the walls come down and he delivered Jericho into our hands. Look at the way God has already delivered us so many times. Look at what God has, has given us and blessed us with. And you think that you're going to take out our God who is fighting for us and fighting with us? I don't think so, bud. You've come too, too far late to convince me otherwise that God's not going to already give us what he has promised us. <laughs> and it was on the back of the banner so that all of the soldiers could read it and see it. Because I've never been in actual physical combat. I've never been, mar I've never been in the military actually marching into an actual battle where I could potentially lose my life. But I can only imagine how scary that probably is. Knowing that today could be the day that I die. Knowing today could be the day that this enemy defeats our army and my entire family becomes slaves. 
I've never had to face that. So I'm sure that these men had a sense of fear behind it all. But what I do know is, is I know that I've seen battles begin to start coming my way. Where the enemy begins to start attacking me. Where the enemy begins to start attacking my family. And where the enemy begins to start working and setting traps and and things to try and destroy what God is doing in in the life of my family. And I know that I've felt fear in those moments. But then I begin to think and run back through my mind. All of the times God has said, this battle you're going into, it's not going to overtake you. And I've went through the battle and then seen God bring us out on the other side. Or I personally, in my own walk, have went through the battle and how God has brought me out on the other side. And, and now, now we can, I can read that banner of, God, I was sick at this point, but you healed me. God, I was facing this decision and this, I was facing this battle and I had to fight it and you fought it with me and for me and I made it out victorious and a conqueror and stronger on the other side. God, I know of the times that I was bound by addiction and I was, I was bound by fear and I was, I was bound by these things and God, you delivered me and God, you brought me out of it and you broke those chains off of me and God, I know those times that I have, that I know those times that I have prayed and you have promised me things and you said I will give you this I will do this for you and you always have came through and I know God that you're going to do it for me this time so these soldiers would walk into battle knowing we're not fighting by ourselves we know he's done it all these other times because I could see it on this banner and it was an encourager it was a it was a it was a it was an encourager for those soldiers to say God you did it once you'll do it again because he's the same yesterday today and forever And a lot, of, a lot of times, though, I'm the type of person where I want to know how it's going to get done. If there's, a, if there's a goal in mind or if there's a, a, a destination, I, I, I'm the type of person, I'm like, okay, well, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get there? And God is funny sometimes, and he doesn't like to tell me those things. And it kind of freaks me out. I'm just going to let you know. I'm just going to be honest. It kind of freaks me out. I'm the type of person I want to know what's, okay, if I'm going to take this step, I want to know what the one after that is before I take this one to decide if I want to take it or not. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. But a lot of times, God wants to test our faith and stretch our faith and say, you don't know how I'm going to do it. You, you don't need to know how I'm going to do it. You don't need to know how I'm going to get you there. You don't need to know when it's going to happen. You just, I want you to just trust me and praise me and worship me like you know it's going to happen. Because the thing about it is, is the Bible says 
that the faith, the grain of a mustard seed, can move a mountain. That's just a little bit of faith. What happens when we praise with faith the size of a mountain? Knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt, God, you've got this. God, I'm, I've been praying for a healing. I've been praying for a miracle. I've been praying for deliverance of my lost loved ones. I've been praying that they would get saved. I've been fasting and doing all this. God, I know you're going to do it, so I'm just going to worship you, and I'm going to praise you like it is already done, because if you said you're going to do it, I know that you've never let a word or a promise go unfulfilled, and if you said you're going to do it, you're going to follow through with it. So I'm going to praise, I'm going to shout, I'm going to dance like it's already done and just wait for it to come in the back door. I'm going to wait for it to happen in my life and I'm going to worship you like it's already done. And when it does happen, I'm going to dance and I'm going to shout and I'm going to praise you even more because you're a promise-keeping God. No matter what you are needing God to do for you tonight, if you praise him in faith, knowing that he's true to his word, and praise him knowing he's going to come through for you, you do not have to worry about how, where, or when. All you've got to know is God did it. God did it. He did a miracle once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you praise God in the middle of a situation that just seems so impossible, where you may not feel like praising him, it will grab his attention. We read about Paul and Silas in the middle of a, in the middle of a Philippian jail, beaten, bruised, Bleeding and tied up in stocks in the middle of a midnight hour, spiritually and literally. They began to sing praises unto God right in the middle of the jail, saying, We've been beaten, we've been bruised, we've been tied up, but He is still good. Hallelujah. He is still good. We don't care what we may be in right now. We don't care what we may be facing even tomorrow. He's still been good to us. He's brought us out before and he'll do it again. And when Paul and Silas released a praise that was full of faith, God showed up and released them and he shook, he showed up and shook the entire jail and broke loose every chain and every bond and the prison door that was keeping them bound and they were free right in the middle of a locked up situation. But their praise didn't just help them. But what it did was it helped every other prisoner and the jailer that was there with them. <coughs> because it says when God shook that jail and broke off the chains on Paul and Silas and opened their prison door, it broke the chains off of every other prisoner that was bound up in that jail cell and broke open their doors to their cells. Let me tell you tonight, your praise is for you. It is to your praise unto God will help you. But let me tell you, it will help other people around you too. 
Because the thing about it is, is as a church family, most of the time, we all know each other a whole lot more than other people know us. We, 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 we get up and we, 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 we share prayer requests and we share testimonies. We talk life with each other. We do life with each other. And if you're going through the middle, in the middle of an impossible situation, in a Paul and Silas-like situation in the spiritual realm, if you're going through that and somebody else here is going through a bad situation and they see you praising God like you know that God's going to bring you out on the other side, they know that I can praise God like they're praising God. And I know he'll do the exact same thing for me. <coughs> Hallelujah. Even when it seems like the enemy has what you've been praying for all sealed up. And it looks like there is no way for you to get to it. You can praise God knowing he's already promised it to you and watch God destroy everything that the enemy surrounded your promise and your miracle with and watch God deliver it into your hands just like he said he would. We read in the book of Joshua in chapter number 6 about the walls of Jericho. The thing about the walls of, Jer the walls of Jericho was is <clears throat> they were so thick and so wide that it was enough room to race two chariots around the top of the wall. You are not going to be able to tunnel through that without somebody noticing you. But we read about, <clears throat> what I, and what I love about this passage of Scripture is right in the beginning of chapter number 6, in verse number 2, God tells Joshua from the very beginning, before they even begin to march around the city, God says, I have already given you the land. It's yours. All you've got, and I'm saying this verbatim, it's already yours. All you've got to do is go and take it like I tell you to. Hallelujah. What are you believing for tonight? What, what, what miracle are you here seeking from God tonight? Do you need a healing? The Bible says by his stripes we were healed. Meaning past tense. It's already been given to you. Are you here needing God to deliver you from something? Well, let me tell you, he took every bit of it to the cross 2,000 years ago and bought your deliverance and bought your freedom, bought your salvation. He paid for it all. All you've got to do is just come unto him, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened down, and he will give you rest tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> But Joshua is given the instructions to march around Jericho one time a day for six days. He's getting all of the, he gets all the soldiers suited up and ready for battle and marching around the city with seven priests. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seven priests and their ram's horns. And some I'm sure would say that, all, I'm sure some people read this story and say, well, all of that seems silly. Oh, I mean, I, I mean that, that just seems crazy to me. If God's already promised us the land, why don't we just go and take it? 
But the great missionary to inland China, Hudson Taylor, once said, God's thing done God's way will never lack God's provision. As long as you do it God's way and with his instructions, he will never, ever let you down and never, ever let you lack or go unfulfilled with the promise he said that he would give you. And what that's meaning... Yeah, yeah, yes. It, meaning if you're looking to receive your miracle or your breakthrough, your healing or your promise from God, if you just do like God said for you to do, he'll always come through and accomplish his word. Because Joshua knew all too well about missing, missing out on the promised land once before because Israel would not believe God at his word. In Numbers chapter 13, the 12 spies go into the promised land and they look at all of the giants. They look at how hard the fight's going to be. They look at how hard the battle is going to be and they say, we can't defeat them. We cannot defeat the giants. We are but grasshoppers in their sights. But Joshua and Caleb said, we got to go. God already promised it to us. God already said that's our land. It's not theirs. They can't keep it from us. And what the enemy tries to blind us with is saying that you can't be healed. You can't be delivered. You can't have these promises. It is not. They are not his to keep away from you. They are God's. And if he's promised them to us if he said in his word they are ours we can have them but they missed out on that promise because they didn't believe God at his word and now we find Joshua is the leader and he's saying God has promised it to us and we're going to have this miracle but why why walk around it? Some of that just kind of struck me. I wanted to know why, what the significance was of walking around it. Jericho was a huge city, and it would take a little bit of time to get that many people all marched around it once a day, and then in silence for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day. But a few chapters before that in Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Hallelujah. That just makes me want to go walk around now. That makes me just want to go say, God, you said that my healing was promised unto me, and I'm going to walk for my healing. Now, I, I don't really know how to walk around a healing other than just walk and say, I, you promised me my healing, and I'm going to claim that healing tonight. You promised me that lost loved one, and I'm going to walk for them tonight and claim that land back from the enemy. You said that you would deliver them, and I'm going to walk and I'm going to shout and I'm going to praise you like you've already given it to me because you promised it to me God you said everywhere the sole of my foot trods you give it <coughs> and then why shout and blow the ram's horns like I said earlier because blowing the ram's horns signified going to war and the shout from the soldiers was used for when they won the victory. But in this case, God said, I want you to blow the ram's horns and shout at the same time. 
Because you may be going into a fight, but I've already given you the victory so you can go ahead and blow those ram's horns signifying that you're going into battle. But at the same time, you can shout because the victory's already been won. And I tell you here tonight, I know we don't have physical ram's horns here tonight, but in the spiritual realm, we can go into a battle and we can blow that horn and say, we're going to fight, but I can shout at the same time knowing God has already won the victory for me. I may have to fight. I may have to go through battles, but he's already won. He's made me a conqueror. He's made me a champion. He already won the victory. <coughs> and that's what God is saying here tonight. Is you can praise me going into the battle and shout the victory shout because I've already won it for you. Hallelujah, you can praise him tonight like you've already got the promise right in front of you because he's never let a promise go unfulfilled. He's never left any of his children go. David said, I was young and now I am old and never have I ever seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He knows what we're in need of. He knows what miracle we're praying for so we can praise him for no we can praise him with faith knowing he's got it all under control and he's working it all out for us your praise is far more powerful than you may realize or imagine here tonight because your praise holds the very key to your victory and to your breakthrough here in this building tonight how you worship and how you praise when God gives you a word can dictate the outcome of the fight that you're about to go in and dictate the outcome of the promise that you have been given. If God gives you a promise and you're automatically saying, I'm not, I'm not really sure about that one. That one seems kind of rough. You realize life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you're given a promise and you speak faith and continue to speak faith and worship God and praise Him knowing that He's going to follow through with it, then you'll see that promise fulfilled. But if He gives you a promise and you say, I'm not sure about that one. I'm not really, I, I'm not really sure if God can do that. This, this situation is pretty bad. I don't know if I'll come out of this one. And you speak death over yourself and over your situation. It will slow down the process and you will produce death in that situation but we read in Matthew chapter 1 and I'm closing with this tonight if they would come to the music but we read in Matthew chapter 1 it shows the, the genealogy portion of the scripture. And a lot of times we want to skip over the genealogy the genealogy parts of the scripture and we fail to dig into the names and the in the, the lineage that we are birthed from. But in Matthew chapter one, if you read it, it says that Judah begat Perez. We all know that Judah means praise. 
But what does Perez mean? It means to burst forth or to break through. Your praise begats your breakthrough. Your praise tonight births your breakthrough. Hallelujah. How you worship, how you magnify God, how you praise will birth your healing. It will birth your breakthrough here tonight. But so Judah begat Perez, which translated means breakthrough. But Perez begat Asram, and Asram means the means dart of joy or just joy. Hallelujah. If you're in the middle of a fight or if you're in the middle of an impossible situation, you can praise God, you can worship Him and watch your breakthrough happen before your very eyes and see your joy restored, see your peace brought back, see your loved ones come in, see your healings happen right before your very eyes. But all the way down... In this lineage, it shows all the way down to the birth of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Your praise will usher in the presence of God, and it invites Christ to where you're at. And where he shows up, healings happen, victories take place, miracles are birthed, and breakthroughs are given. And it will happen here tonight. Stand with me if you will. I want to ask you here tonight, what miracles are you needing? What breakthrough are you needing? What healing are you needing? What victory are you needing tonight? And if you're one that needs that, I know I'm one. Can we all just lift up the name of the Lord and praise Him like it's already happened, knowing that His promises are yes and amen, meaning that if He said it, it's all ours for the taking. It is all ours for the taking, and we could praise Him like it's already happened and watch him do it here tonight. Hallelujah. Not tomorrow night, not Wednesday night, not next Sunday morning, not next Sunday night, but this Sunday night we can worship and praise God and watch him show up and change the entire outcome of our situations. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word ruah, I've used it before. The Hebrew word ruah, it means a shout or a loud blast. Eddie James sings the song ruah, and he say, it goes ruah, a shout of victory over the enemy. 
I would love to see an entire group of people fill this altar and give a ruah praise here tonight right over the enemy's head dancing it says the enemy is under our feet so every dance we dance and every shout and jump we give we do it right over top of the enemy and his lies that has said and told us it's never going to happen it's never going to change it's always going to be this way but we can say here tonight no I'm lifting up a ruah praise unto God full of faith full of trust knowing God's in control and he's going to do it.